Uh, we're going to have a, a reading now. Um, the, re the words and some pictures um, will be on the screen, and there'll be a pause as we to allow you to reflect on those words before we move on to the next verse. So Amanda's going to read it to you now. He was despised and rejected, a man of sorrows, acquainted with deepest grief. We turned our backs on him and looked the other way. He was despised and we did not care. Yet it was our weaknesses he carried. It was our sorrows that weighed him down. And we thought his troubles were a punishment from God, a punishment for his own sins. But he was pierced for our rebellion, crushed for our sins. He was beaten so we could be whole. He was whipped so we could be healed. All of us, like sheep, have strayed away. We have left God's paths to follow our own. Yet the Lord laid on him the sins of us all. Shall we pray together? Father God, we just want to thank you for the opportunity of coming here tonight and meeting with you. And we pray for all those around the world who don't have that freedom, who are persecuted for their beliefs and are not able to meet publicly. <clears throat> but have to do it in secret. We pray, Jesus, that you will strengthen them by your Holy Spirit and that they may somehow know that they are not alone. We pray, Jesus, for Jenny and Julia. We ask, Lord, that you will meet their needs, that you will speak into the situation they find themselves in and that you will bring your hope and give you thanks that Jean Kershaw is making good progress. And we pray, Jesus, that you will instill in her confidence as she gets back to normal. We pray for David, who is starting a new job tomorrow. We pray, Lord, that you will take his anxiousness about what he might expect and who he might meet, that you will give him wisdom as he gets to know new colleagues and enables him to settle in quickly. 
We ask, Lord, that you will bless Peter and Anne Morden as Anne continues to have her treatment. We pray, Jesus, that you will continue to strengthen Anne. And we pray, Lord, that you will bring your healing. And we thank you, Lord, for the wonderful testimony that Anne is and continues to be. And her tremendous faith, Lord, and we know that you are close to her. And we just ask that you will bless her greatly. We pray for Maureen and Brian Garman after the unexpected death of Maureen's sister this week. We pray, Jesus, that you will comfort them, that you will bring your peace, that wonderful peace that comes from you, that despite all the difficulties and uncertainties, shines through. Father God, you know our needs. You know everything. And then we pray, Jesus, that you will bless each and every one of us here tonight and all those whom we love. And we say together the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. The Bible tells us that Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. We know that when Jesus was here on the earth, he healed. The Gospels are full of headings that say Jesus healed, he went here, he healed the sick, he went there. So if Jesus is the same today, he, that means he has the same power now, and that what was true then is true now. In Matthew chapter 21, verses 18 to 22, we read that Jesus cursed a fig tree and it withered there and then. And his friends were absolutely amazed. Jesus said to them, I tell you the truth, if you have faith and don't doubt, you can do things like this and much more. You can even say to this mountain, may you be lifted up and thrown into the sea and it will happen. You can pray for anything and if you have faith, you will receive it. I had quite a lot of fun looking for um, pictures for this PowerPoint, and I rather like that, um, that mountain being thrown up. But equally, I quite like this. You have been assigned this mountain to show others that it can be moved. And when Jesus sent out the 12, and when he sent out the 72, 
he told them, go preach the gospel, make disciples, heal the sick. And he, he, he sent them out knowing that they would come across difficulties. Not, not everybody would be on the same page as them. But those signs and miracles were signs. He said to them, tell them that the kingdom of God is near. That this is, the signs and miracles are signs of the kingdom of God. And signs and miracles still are signs of the kingdom of God, that the kingdom of God is near. So whatever your mountain is, be it a big problem you've got, or sickness, or unemployment, whatever your mountain is, here's a different way of looking at it. You've been assigned that mountain to show somebody else that it can be moved. And then the other one. Stressed, no mountain is too big for God. Nothing is too big for God. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 11, verse 28, Come to me, all you labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So now we come to a difficult question. Why doesn't God heal everyone? We heard that Jesus healed. Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. I believe that. So why doesn't God heal everyone? I don't know. But what I do know is that we see things differently to God. We only see our part of the jigsaw. We don't see the whole picture. Or as Paul says in his first letter to the Corinthians, now we see things imperfectly, like puzzling reflections in a mirror. But then, that's when we're finding with Jesus in heaven, then we will see everything with perfect clarity. So... When Jesus went to the pool at Bethsaida, it tells us in John that there were crowds of sick people there. And yet Jesus healed one man. That's all, just the one. I'm sure G Jesus is all powerful, Jesus is God. Jesus could have healed everybody, so why didn't he? I don't know. So was this one person that he healed more deserving than everybody else? I mean, that would make sense, wouldn't it? More deserving, therefore he went to that one. But I don't think that was the case because this is the only time that the Gospels tell us that Jesus went and found this guy out later on and said to him, sort yourself out, stop sinning, or something worse will happen to you. 
So it couldn't have been that he was the most deserving. So why that one? Why not other people? It's a real mystery. There's lots I don't know. But what I do know is that Jesus said, don't just ask once, keep on asking. And don't just ask, seek too, knock. Knock really hard if you have to, but keep on going. It's in the present tense. Keep, which kind of, the writers believe, gives us a sense that that's why we should keep on doing it. You don't just ask once, you keep on asking. Matthew 7 goes on to say that everyone who asks receives, and he who seeks finds, and to everyone who knocks, the door will be opened. So, just because we don't understand why God heals some people and he doesn't heal others, let's not give up. Because we see dimly. We only have our piece of the jigsaw. We don't have the whole picture that's on the front of the box. One day when we get to heaven, we'll understand. But now we don't. We're not meant to. It'll probably be too much for our little brains to comprehend. But just because we don't understand doesn't mean to say we shouldn't be praying that God would do something. And don't, just because we don't get the answer we want straight away, don't let's give up. Let's keep pressing on in obedience because this is what he told us to do. And he loves us and he wants what's best for us. And that's the other difficult thing because he wants what's best for us and he knows what's best for us. And what's best for us might actually be different to what we'd like to happen. I was struck recently when I was talking to a colleague at work and um, this gentleman um, had, had been talking to her. She's the sister of the cardiac ward. And he'd been found at home having had a, a complete cardiac arrest and he was clinically dead. And the paramedics brought him round and they carted him into us and we did the necessary. But he said to her, he's a gentleman who lives on his own, hadn't really got much in the way of family or friends. And what he said was, I had a lovely death, and you brought me back. And that kind of made me think about things differently, because we only see our part of the puzzle. As Christians, we know that this life is like the prologue. After death, the bit that goes to eternity, that's the main event. But we don't know what will that look like. We don't know what it will be but we know what this bit looks like because we're in it now. And so we focus on this bit. But in actual fact, God knows what's best for us. And I guess that's why good people do die early sometimes because he knows what's best. And it's hard for us to understand and it's hard for us to get it. But let's not be discouraged just because we don't understand. So now, we're coming to a ministry time. And what we're going to do, it's going to be a quiet time. And I'll ask you to stand up while I ask the Holy Spirit to come. But you don't have to stay standing up the whole time if you don't want to. Um, you can, if you want to, after a bit, sit down. 
I don't know how long this time's going to last. That bit's up to God. Uh, he's very much in charge. So I'm going to ask the Holy Spirit to come and to touch each of us. Now, if you particularly would like, there's going to be two teams, um, Paul and Amanda and Mark and myself, and we're going to be in this little horseshoe here where it says the prayer place banner. So if you would like us to pray for you, then do come to us and we will either lay hands on you if that's appropriate or just sort of put a hand near you. Um, and we will ask God to, to come and to bless and to do something wonderful in your life. You haven't got to tell us what you're coming for prayer about unless you particularly want to because God knows what your need is. And this isn't the sort of prayer where we're going to use lots of words. We're just going to ask God to come and, and send his power and, and use us to, to, to bless you. So, will you feel anything? I don't know. Lots of people, when the Holy Spirit comes, experience him in a different way. Some people feel wonderful peace. Some people feel a gentle warmth. Some people feel like a cleansing, a cool cleansing inside. Some people shake. And some people, occasionally, some people have been at events where some people have fallen over. And some people feel absolutely nothing. But that doesn't mean to say that God's not doing something. Many years ago, when I was doing a healing service in my old church, and it was the very first one, and a couple of old ladies had come along to support me because I was only in my 20s and I was very young. So they came to support, support the young girl. And um, I heard them talking on the way out. And the one said to the other, so, did you feel anything? And the other one went, no. And, she, and, then, and then the first one said, no, no me. But my back doesn't hurt anymore. <laughs> so God can heal. You don't have to fall over. You don't have to shake. You don't even have to feel anything. God can still do something in your life. But you might feel shake. You might feel God's warmth. You might feel his peace. And, and um, thinking of... There was a lovely gentleman um, who was um, the minister of the Moravian Church in Spark Hill. This is again going back. And um, he was quite elderly by now, and he'd, he'd been a missionary, and he was a lovely chap, Geoffrey. And um, this church had been badly vandalised. And he came to the service, and he really felt that he couldn't, he didn't know what to do first and uh, how to cope with what had happened. And he was really, really struggling. And after the service, he said to me, you know, nothing has changed, and yet everything has changed because I've changed, because God has just filled me up and given me his wonderful sense of peace and that I can do this and that I know now that I've still got to go and sort all this mess out, but I know I can do it now because God has changed me. And, and that, I guess, is about the wholeness side of it. You know, God can change things in us. He may not take away 
the thing that we're struggling with. St. Paul talked about the thorn in his side that he'd asked Jesus to take away on many occasions. We don't know what that thorn was, but he'd obviously got some sort of injury or arthritis or something that gave him pain that he wanted God to take away, and he didn't. But he gave him the strength to live through it. And, and, you know, sometimes God heals, sometimes God gives us strength and makes us whole. And sometimes God gives us the ability to accept the bad things that have happened to us and to forgive. That's all part of being whole as well, isn't it? When, something, when people have been unkind to us and we've been dreadfully hurt, it's not easy to forgive. We can terribly sometimes say we've forgiven, but to actually really genuinely actually put that to bed and moved on it's really really hard but God can help us to do that now I know that you can and some of you probably do experience the Holy Spirit when you pray by yourself but there is something very special about doing it together as a group and asking God to come in power on us as a group and it gives us also an opportunity to to bless and pray for one another so I'm going to now ask God to come in power um, and we will go over there. If you want to come, there'll be some music being played in the background. It's just very gentle guitar music, worship music, but there's no words. So nothing to distract you. We're going to ask God to come. And um, one of the things I find to easy to help me kind of get my head straight in ministry times is to ask God just quietly ask God if there's anything that I need, any barrier that's going to stop me from, you know, getting really close to him and receiving all that he wants to give to me. And then I just sort of say to him that I'm surrendering myself to him, all my hopes and dreams. I'm putting them at the foot of the cross and I'm here. Please fill me with your Holy Spirit and use me in whatever way you want. Fill me up. Do, you know, have your way in me. Do your stuff, Lord, in me. Be that. Heal me, make me whole, whatever. So that I can bounce from this place. Uh, and I hope that that is our experience at the end of this evening. Father God, through Jesus, please send your Holy Spirit now upon us. Come, Holy Spirit. You are welcome here. Come and renew, restore, make whole. Come, Holy Spirit.